Welcome to Behind the Bill, podcast by the Webster Auto Collective. I'm your host, Sam Webster, and I'm excited to take you on a journey behind the scenes of the automotive world. Each episode will dive deep into the minds of automotive enthusiasts and professionals, exploring their passion, creativity, and automotive culture. We believe that behind every great build is an even better story worth sharing, and we're here to uncover those stories. From classic cars to modern machines, from racers to collectors, we'll bring you the stories that make the automotive world so exciting and diverse. Whether you're a seasoned gearhead or just love cars, we invite you to take a dive into the minds of a modern-day car enthusiast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I am here with Louis Bruno. Louis and I have been buddies for the last few years. Uh, he's building a third-gen Tacoma. It's very similar to mine. He's a super talented fabricator and is built his truck is wide-bodied. It's long travel front and rear, and he has done everything himself. Um, I really ex- am excited to talk to him about building his truck what it's taken to learn all the fabrication skills to be able to do this type of stuff. And then the business that he's spun out of his passion for cars. Um, and then I also wanted to talk to him about his amazing success over the last month of getting over 26 million views on social media. Um, and see what kind of opportunities have come out of that because that's a pretty insane amount of exposure. So welcome to the podcast, Louie. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited. Um, yeah, we've been buddies for a long time. Um, I kind of like, slid in your dms thinking like man i wonder if this guy's gonna message me back and then you we started talking that was so cool because you were super iconic um in the tacoma world when you started doing that build of yours you know building a wrecked tacoma everyone's like what the heck and then you know what you've turned it into is just insane so um you know you're an inspiration to me to begin with um and taught me a lot so um it's really cool to be able to talk to you about all this it's exciting yeah yeah, man. Well, it's really nice of you to say that. I, uh, yeah, it's, I think we both kind of just started posting stuff that we were interested in about our trucks and, and uh, it, was, it was fun to connect because your truck started looking very similar to mine, similar, uh, you know, paint color, similar, but pretty much the same white body kit. And mm-hmm. you have now kind of surpassed my truck into something that's actually drivable <laughs> and, uh, you know, tell me about like, where did the whole project start? Was it, it was a stock truck, right? It was. So it started out as a 2017, uh, TRD off-road and then a four by four. And to be honest, I didn't know I was going to do the whole pre-runner thing. Um, I actually was, I had icon stage two and, uh, on there. So coilovers and rear shocks. And I went off-roading with my buddies. And I was like, man, you know, this is so much fun. And actually what started the whole thing, um, was a TerraCrew video that I watched. Right. So that makes of course, sense. you know, so TerraCrew, <laughs> TerraCrew shows up on like a YouTube or Instagram or something like that. And I was just like drooling watching it. I'm like, dude, there's no way you can do this to a truck. And then I typed in long travel Tacoma and I got into this, I mean, you know how it is. It's a warm like when you start modifying your truck, if you just want to put a leveling kit and wheels and tires on it, it never stops there. You're always going to want something better. You're always going to want something more. And I, my truck went through stages. So, you know, the, the lift kit in 33s, and then it spun into this whole long travel thing, which I'm still working on. It's been like five years um, total. Um, you know, it would have been nice just to fill my cart full of $20,000 worth of stuff and throw it all on right away but you know with life and everything you know how it is it doesn't it doesn't happen like that for most people like for the average person um but it's been a heck of a journey it's been so exciting um yeah man yeah it's, so it's been cool to watch your truck go from you know stock fender stock everything to this like super aggressive crazy looking beast and yeah and it's it's fun because you were one of a few people that i knew that was doing this to their Tacoma like there's only a handful of guys that are running the big glass on it is yours fiber works it's the six inch yeah it's fiber works yeah Yeah. it's a six inch yeah yeah and And with 35s yeah with 35s you got to do the six inch um because if you do the three and a half I mean I don't know 100 percent, but just from from looking at trucks like 35s with three inch or three and a half inch glass is like way too close um especially depending on the offset of wheels that you have I'm way safe running six inch fenders and I think it looks better. So, yeah, I think so too. There, there's no way that you could tuck 35s at full bump uh, without totally yeah. destroying the fenders. Yeah, and, exactly. So, and 
you know, the people that don't know about the long travel kits is essentially we use a, a long travel kit from a company called Dirt King and that gives us 13 ish inches of travel, um, on the front with four wheel drives. Uh, if you take the four wheel drive out, it's like closer to 16 or something like that. But it essentially, you have to do so much work to the truck to be able to tuck the tires and make it all fit. You have to, you know, the cab mount chop is like standard or it's mandatory to do that. Otherwise yeah. you're just going to be rubbing the tires on everything. And then you, did you have to go into your firewall at all? I went into my firewall. I did. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing like you, you know, you're kind of segueing into is that people don't realize it's, you don't just bolt a long travel kit on and run the truck. You have to get fiberglass. Everyone like that was one of the things like, you know, you get a few hate comments here and there. One of them's like, I always get is, you know, your truck looks like a chipmunk. Like, why did you do that? Well, people don't understand. You need that clearance. Um, but one of the things is I functionality, you know, you spend this much money on a truck and parts. I wanted to use it to its full potential. And one of the things I had to do, like you're saying, was that digging into that firewall because full left and full right at bump and even, you know, pulling into the driveway, I was hitting that firewall. Um, you know, it made terrible sounds and it started cracking it. Um, another thing I had to do was I had to, the stock inner fenders I was rubbing and hitting at bump a lot. So yeah. what I did was I went, I went into the truck. I think I have a post in there on my Instagram way back. Um, but I ended up cutting three inches up and three inches back. And what I essentially did was I turned this into this. And so what that did is it created like this little nook for the tire to tuck into. Right. So I was able to clear. Um, but I didn't know a lot about trucks at all. Um, when I started building the kit and my three buddies, Ian, Jason, and Ethan, um, they are like total gear heads and they knew what they were doing and they came over and helped me install the front kit. And that's where like my knowledge started to grow. It's really from them, um, like teaching me stuff and, um, you know, and YouTube and Instagram, of course, but, um, I didn't know what was involved and it really is. It's like a huge, it's like a butterfly effect. You change, you know, you put long travel kit on, you got to do the firewall. Then you got to do the inner fender, you know, then you got to make brackets to hold the headlights in because, you know, your fiberglass screwed all but up. And it's just, it requires so much more work than people realize. And I think that's why not a lot of people tackle it, like, or do it themselves, to the, at least to their own trucks. Like I know that you and I have, but, you know, and I'm, I'm like, if I can't, I can't think of anybody right now that has a third gen that's done a full long travel build themselves. Like. Dirt King does a lot of builds. I know there's a no. few guys, a few small guys on Instagram out in Cali that I talk to that I've done it for customers. Mm -hmm. But as far as like the doing it in your garage or your driveway DIY, there's very few people that do it because right. um, there's so much that's involved. Um, yeah, so. there's so much involved. Like there's one that's jumping out into my mind right now is the black, that black Yoda. Um, mm. He's done some crazy stuff, but I... I'm pretty sure that he has a shop do all the work for him. Um, he did, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a crazy third gen build. That's yeah, yeah. That's wild. I, I think he's running ten inch coilovers in the front. Is he? Um, yeah, yeah. And then he's got a, yeah. a camber like trophy truck four inch housing in the back. I did. Yeah, it's going for it. So and he's building actually a full blown trophy. He's having a, uh, I think uh, Morgan. Dude, I, this may be wrong. I'm pretty sure like Morgan Clark is building his. Or so, one of those guys, really well-known guys, is building a trophy truck for him. Oh, no way. Like, tube chassis, like, huge A-arm bulkhead, like, oh, totally built out. Yeah. You got to check out his Instagram. He posted a little bit of it. You uh, got to see it. I'll think I'll check that so out. So, he, yeah. It's, the more, like, the more time I spent working on my truck, the more I wish I would have, it would have been so much easier just to build a tube chassis and then put a body on it. Versus trying to use stock cab, cut a bunch of holes in it, make sure the, the cage is mounted to the frame in the right places. And you could have, I could have just laid it out in CAD and had it cut out and snap it together and put a body on top of it. And it would have probably taken half the amount of time. Most of the time would have been spent just building it in CAD and making sure, you know, I've got all the suspension geometry and stuff how I want it, but yeah, it's, it's a stupid amount of work to try and retrofit 
a, you know, a, a whole, whole cage into like a factory vehicle. And I didn't know that going into it. Uh, that was something that I learned from Donnie Herbert when I was in his shop because he had a bunch of really cool cars that he was building in there. And he, he was building stuff on frame tables. Like he's got a Suburban. It was like a, a 1990s Suburban. Yeah. And it is unbelievable the amount of work that went into that Suburban to get it to, you know, clear. It's got like 30 inches of travel in the rear, probably even a little bit more than that. Uh, it's like 20 in the front. And I mean, it's, it's essentially not a Suburban anymore. It's just the shell. And it's not even like most of the factory shell because there's so many holes cut in it. It's got a whole different floor in it. Um, I think, you know, if I were to do it again, which I might in the future, I'd just build a tube chassis truck and throw mm -hmm. a body on top of it and, yeah. and go from there. That kind of seems to be the trend going forward. And I... That's what most guys do. They just take a cab, they cut the front and the rear off, just the cab, like not even doors. Mm -hmm. And then they, they build everything around that or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a much simpler way of doing it, but it was really scary in yeah. the beginning. I mean, the first two cuts you make into your nice truck, you're like, oh no, <laughs> I'm totally yeah, ruining when I saw, this thing. Yeah, when I saw your videos and pictures of you gutting the the Tacoma, I was like, damn, like that is crazy. <laughs> Just, and like you said, I think you put it perfectly is is doing that to doing like what we're doing to a already like, you know, factory truck is so difficult. It's more difficult, like you said, than drawing it up yourself and, you know, um, cutting and welding your own tube chassis like. It seems like more work, but when you step back and look at what, you know, like I've had to do to the Tacoma to get it to work is, you know, it's like, man, you know, cutting factory mounts off, welding, um, gussets. Oh man, so many gussets. And like I, for the truck, I've, I've got my, um, secondary shock hoop sitting over there and I've got a, I mean, it's not gonna be that big a deal, but I have to make this basically engine cage frame brace. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not something that i mean have you seen that on a third gen that has long travel i haven't i was actually looking at your photos that you posted of all the parts and i yeah. recognize everything but those plates that there's like two pieces of sheet metal one has a, a slot yeah. in the what, what is that for so that was for um that's for right where uh between the cab mount and the um shock hoop mm -hmm. right there there's um Dirt King did some testing. They said, I was reading on that website. They'd done testing and that's one of the weak points that they that they discovered is that point in the frame tends to kind of like buckle and bend. Um, so, you know, I, I thought, you know, I could have made those myself, like similar to the ones you made. Yep. But at this point, honestly, with how much work I've had to put in and time, I'm like, if I can just, I think it was like 50 bucks or whatever, yeah. 80 bucks or something for those gussets, I'm like, boom, done. Yeah. Like, that's a well worth the money. Nope, done. Yeah, seriously. Um, and you know, I know they'll fit and I won't have to do anything crazy, but, um, yeah, the engine cross brace that I have to make is like another thing speaking of, you know, things that you don't think of, um, that you need to do, but I was talking to dirt King and they sent me a few images from a second gen that they did, or I don't know, they did or a customer did, but that's a weak point is that stock coil bucket mm -hmm. with, um, and then you weld those shock hoops on. And then attach a bypass to it. Um, everything can bend up and out of the way. So with that engine cross brace, I'm gonna have to make it removable as well. Which is, you know, it's just an, another obstacle to this whole thing. So uh, are you going? I don't even have that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I don't even have that material yet, and that's you know how expensive DLM is right now. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so are you are you going from the top of the the coil bucket over the engine to the other coil bucket? Yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's something I should um, just to kind of help. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I've seen people that do the tabs removable kind of, or the, you know, the tubes in three different pieces removable, like right where they come up here in the engine bay. Mm -hmm. But what I'm going to try to do is make, um, I'm going to put basically shock tabs on the shock hoop and a bolt straight through there. Um, and then a sleeve. Yep. And then weld the DOM to the sleeve. And then that way I can kind of like unbolt it and then just pick it up and pull it out of the truck kind of like this. 
So it's seamless. Like, you know, it looks like one piece. I'm going to use my two bender and make two bends on either side. Um, and just do it that way. That's the way that I think that, um, and that pictures that Dirk King sent me, the way that they did it, or I don't know who did it, but Dirk King sent me the pictures there. Um, but, you know, I just, I want to make this as strong as I can. And I drive my truck super hard. You know, you've seen my Instagram. People have seen my Instagram. It's like, how has this guy not destroyed his truck yet? Um, and honestly, you know, um, caging it, I, I may do in the future. Um, and also, too, you know, I was talking to my buddy Ethan about this. I may just, you know, do this to my truck, maybe add some boost or something like that and seats and some harnesses and enjoy the truck for what it is and then build something crazy. Yeah. You know, like I, I kind of want to pump the brakes a little bit on my, on my truck and, you know, I want to enjoy it for what it is. And I don't want to get too out of hand with it because you know how it is, how easy it is. I mean, look at your truck. You know, it's, it's a freaking tube truck now. There's nothing left of a Tacoma anymore on yeah. it. It's, you know, it's back half, um, you know, right. it's crazy. So. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, there's not much of a Tacoma left. I mean, essentially just the drivetrain and the cab, but even the cab has huge holes cut out of it and the floor is all cut up and oh, like it, it's gutted. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking about this the other day, like, you know, in my head, I wanted to build something crazy. Um, so that I could go out and race it because I'm really close to all the racing stuff that goes on. And so I decided to, with my first build, just go all in, like just hack it up and essentially destroy a perfectly good truck. Um, but that, what that means is I hadn't driven it for two years and unlike what you've done, your stuff is less of the, like hacking apart. There's still a lot of fabrication involved, obviously. Um, but you can go drive, like you're building the skills. Mm -hmm. You've got, you've got seat time. I don't have any of that. Like I, at this mm -hmm. point, I feel like I'm just a fabricator. I'm not a driver. And that's a major bummer because I mean, I'm building it to go, to go drive it, but it's just, it, it's taken so long to do. And, um, I think for anybody that if I were to do it over again, I would do what you did and be able to drive the truck. Like you said for what it's worth and, you know, get to the point where you've, you've gained a lot of skills driving and then go build something crazy when you're ready for that thing. You know, you know, it's, it's the same kind of mantra with like track racers. If you can drive a slow car fast, you can drive a fast car fast. So there's no need to like step into something no. crazy in the beginning, which is what I'm trying to do. Um, and it's going to be another three, four or five months before I can drive my truck. I mean, I haven't touched it since mm -hmm. since October because I don't have a shop to work out of anymore. And yeah, I didn't want it sitting in the snow in the driveway all winter and ruining all the work that yeah. I've done. Yeah, getting rusted yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, yeah, unfortunately, it's just sitting in a friend's garage until um, I can find the right time to start working on it again. But I mean, you've got a nice garage. You see all your tools behind you. You've got a pretty sweet. Yeah, this out. has been, yeah, and this has been because of, um, like all the um, benefits of having that little side business that I've got going and which like you're saying, you know, it's spun off of um, basically working on my truck. Yeah. And so what is the business? What kinds of stuff do you do? So um, it's built by Bruno, which, you know, I try to keep it kind of simple. Bruno is my last name. Um, and it started obviously super small, like most things do when they start up. Um, and you know, I was a part of these various groups on Facebook, um, like Florida Tacomas and a couple other, you know, Toyota groups. And, you know, I started doing all this work on my truck because kind of like you, right? You see what the labor costs to do something like we're doing is crazy, crazy. Um, you can go on Durking's website and they actually have an option on there. You can build. So like, and you can see the price. And I think with labor and parts to build, um, it's like 30 something thousand dollars <laughs> for your truck. Serious to build like, yeah, like a spring under, um, bed cage, front long travel, but the whole bit, you know what I mean? Yep. Like the shock hoops, the gussets, all that stuff, but it's expensive. And, you know, sitting behind me, I've got obviously thousands of dollars worth of tools, but I don't have 
$20,000 worth of tools or, you know, $15,000 worth of tools. Um, but I have spent less money and was able to accumulate all this stuff and teach myself the skills to build my own truck and to do that. And I think that's more valuable than even if you have the money, like if you have the money to just give your credit card to Dirt King and give your truck over. And to do that, I think that's cool, but I think it's more valuable to invest in the tools yourself and the time and learn that skill. Um, because, because of the, I did that, I was able to, to build this little side business and I do like suspension work, bolt on stuff, um, some fabrication. I say fabrication. It's like the heaviest fabrication I do is like cab mount relocations. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I haven't even gotten a chance to do like those weld together bumpers or anything like that. Um, but that's about, it's, it's, you're gonna, you know, like fabrication, that's about as far as I get into it. Um, at least for now, I want to start making sliders for people, um, and do that. But for now it's just mostly bolt on stuff, cab mount chops, that kind of thing. Um, but all that started because my truck and my Instagram, you know, like people are like, who did that for you? Or where'd you get this done? So I go, well, I did it myself. And then the next conversation is, well, you know, I want my truck to look like that or which I've had someone do it. His name's Iman, Dune Serpents on Instagram. I built his truck. He's got the gold cam C yep. wheels and a three and a half inch. Um, he's got the cement truck. I built that truck. Cool. Um, yeah, not a lot of people Very know cool. that because my, my little, my little Instagram is small, but, um, that's happened because he saw my truck and was like, dude, that's awesome. I want to do that. Um, so it's been really cool. And because of that money that I've made, like I said, I've been able to accumulate these tools and it's, it's, I got really lucky to find this house of a pretty, pretty big residential garage. So, um, super blessed and really happy with how things are going. Yeah, so. man, just, uh, this passion for cars has kind of spiraled out of control into, I mean, not out of control. It's just, it's, it's, it's turned it like into something really cool, way more than just tinkering with cars. Like it, it's a legitimate thing where you can fund your, your hobby essentially and exactly to go and do things yeah. that are like totally nuts. So you don't have a background yeah. in fabrication, car building. That's all just because you were interested in it, right? No. Yeah. I got into it because my brother-in-law actually, he has a, a 2002 um, Mustang GT. So um, I think it was the, it's the 4.7 liter. Um, so it was before the 5.0. Um, I don't know exactly, but he had a pro charger on it and him and his dad built it before his dad passed away. And I didn't know anything about cars. And, um, this is man, quite a while now, like 10 years ago, maybe I got into his car and had harnesses and stuff like that. And, you know, he's like, all right, you know, we're going to, you know, lean your head back. And I lean my head back and I'm paraphrasing because this is a long story, but he just like dumps a clutch and just rips this thing i mean we're he's you know it's like wah, bah, 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 like that you know and the, the I, all i can see is the sky and the, the car's just like walking like this and next thing you know we're going like 80 miles an hour but that's where my love of cars and that kind of stuff was born was through oswald my brother-in-law and then um you know i wanted this truck and then you know that's where i really was born is was riding in that car and i think that's how a lot of people's uh, experiences, you know, they get to ride in um, some kind of sports car or some kind of really cool truck. And it's so infectious. It's crazy. Like I think about that moment all the time in that. And, you know, Oswald's like my, my real brother, I consider him my brother. So like that of course helps the experience, you know, but being in that car was crazy. And, and that's what really started my, my whole thing for, trucks and cars. I love that. I, I think most car people can look back to a single moment like that and say, you know, that's, that's where it all started. Like that one experience was just yep. unbelievable. Like mm -hmm. their mind was, my sister was dating this guy and they would sit outside in my house and his car would just idle for like an hour. And it was a WRX that was like catless, straight pipes, just so loud. And I remember sitting like looking at this car, I didn't really, I didn't know the guy at the time. That thing's fucking awesome. Like, I don't know what it is about that yeah. car, but I like it. And eventually they ended up breaking up and me and him became best friends. And he like took me on this like crazy journey of cars. He was a, a BMW and a mini tech. 
And so he was always tinkering with things and had a bunch of money in high school because he was like one of the only people that had like a real job that he went to a bunch of times a week. And we would build these Subarus and, uh, you know, we built a, a rear wheel drive swapped WRX, took the whole thing and put it in an outback body. And I mean, when I say we, it's mostly him, but I was around for all of it. I was a guy with a camera that was like shooting it and the just like enjoying the culture of cars. But I, I remember, I remember oh, like yeah. this one moment where I thought to myself, you know, I don't, I want to drive a race car every day. Like, this is what I want to do. We were, we were in that, we were in this WRX in the middle of the night. It was like, I don't know, 1am or something like that. And met up with all these people in a parking lot and went out and started cruising on the freeway and we like had a movie playing on the dash. There was like a DVD player in it and it was straight pipes, totally stripped, race seats, harnesses, um, and like, just so like obnoxiously loud. And we would like all of the cars in this group would slow down on the freeway. So that the cars in front of us would get really far away. And then you just line up and honk three times and just go. And yeah, like it just hooked. I, at that moment, like you, it just replays in my head. I'm like, I'm like that. Oh, yeah. There's just something about it that you, you can't kick and you're always chasing. And, you know, I've had, I didn't really start working on cars until the Tacoma. That was like the big one of, or of my own cars. Um, that was the big one mm-hmm. where I just decided like, fuck it. I'm going to go do something that is just like crazy. Cause I was, have you ever watched the goon squad on YouTube? Yep. Oh Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, dude. I was like an OG Goon yeah. Squad watcher. I want I I started watching them when they had like thirty thousand oh, subscribers. Cool. Like in one of their yeah, when they first started doing like the wrecked rebuilds, I was like the um I think it was an F the first one they ever did was the F two fifty. Um, that was their first project. And they had like thirty thousand subscribers. Yeah. Those the guys, guys are legit. Yeah. yeah. Those are the guys that inspired me to do what I did and buy a wrecked truck. Cause you know, I, I nice. like you said, I I watched them just buy they're just regular guys buy cool cars wrecked supercars and rebuild them in their garage and built this massive following and i'm like that looks like so much fun because you can build something crazy for a fraction of the price of what it would cost to buy a used one and then destroy it so you're you know you're losing the value on depreciation because you've wrecked it um in terms of like the modifications yeah. like the regular consumer market doesn't want to right doesn't want to buy a car that's heavily modified um yeah, man, those guys were a huge inspiration. So I decided to sell my really nice diesel truck and go buy a wrecked Tacoma. And my wife thought I was nuts, but it ended up being one of the best decisions that I ever made because, you know, it's, it got yeah. the Instagram thing going and made some cool connections and became friends with you and a bunch of other people in the car world. And I really feel like I get to be a part of the car community um, and learn from a bunch of different people that are doing cool stuff. And it was all because of that one oh, yeah. silly project. I mean, you're the same way. Your truck is extremely heavily modified and it's not something that most people see around. And, you know, you've, mm-hmm. you know, in the last, what, month or so, you've gotten over 25 million views on social media. Yeah, it's been crazy. That Instagram, um, it's funny. I made that Instagram pretty soon after I got my truck. Like I slapped the aftermarket grill on my truck and I was like, I'm making an Instagram, you know, <laughs> and I took so many pictures of my truck. I'm like, you know, I, I had no clue that it, it would even go this far because I didn't know how far my truck build was going to yeah. go at that point. I just had I had all these pictures of my truck and I'm like, you know what? Like, why not I just make an Instagram, whatever. And like MGM Yoda is my Instagram, which is magnetic, great metallic Toyota. Like, it's not even that well okay. thought out. It was like 12 o'clock at night and I couldn't think, you know, I was like, I'm going to make an Instagram MDM Yoda done. Um, and I would have never thought it would turn into this. And it, it's been crazy. Um, and I got to give Iman, my buddy Iman credit, um, on that video that we had, that's got like 20 million views of us, uh, like side by side yeah. on the side of the road. Um, he came up with that, um, idea of taking that video and that spot, he found that spot. Um, and I was like, dude, that's, that's such a good idea. But I would have never thought that it would blow up right. the way it did. He said it would. He's like, we're going to break Instagram. And I'm like, okay. And then literally, like, I don't think I know of another Tacoma video that has like over 20 million views on. It's been crazy. It's 
And because of that too, I've gotten like 10,000 followers just from that one, like. Wow. So you're, yeah. you're inching up on 30,000 now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at like 20, almost 28,000. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Tell me yeah. about that shot. How did you guys pull that off? Um, so we had, uh, one of my other buddies, Ray and his Tacoma, um, and Iman's, uh, girlfriend, Annalise was in the passenger seat. And we, we did that take, I think like six or seven times just to kind of get like the speed right and everything. Cause, um, and we were going like at one point in the video, I was going like almost 70, like trying to catch up. Um, and you know, and the other thing too, is, um, if you go and read the comments, everyone was like, so worked up. They're like, oh, I could do this in my like Colorado or whatever. The point of the video was to just have two cool trucks, like side by side. Cause when do you ever see two third gen Tacomas that look like that? Never. Like. Yeah. In the same place, in the same yeah, place, yeah, exactly. in the same video. Never. Yeah. It's always like one off somewhere else. Um, and the whole idea was just to make a cool video. Um, and everyone thought like we were trying to flex our suspension out and stuff. And I'm like, like, you have no clue. Like, <laughs> no, we weren't trying to show anything off except the trucks, like just the way they look. Um, and we played, uh, Iman chose the, the, uh, Creed song. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it now. Um, but it was like Vietnam era song and everyone was like jumping in arms about us driving Japanese trucks. It was so funny. Like that's the right. way that social media is, you know, like everyone's always going to find some negative thing in what you post or what you do. Um, and that's one thing, you know, word of advice to, to people. I have to bite my tongue a lot. It's never good to like lash out and like talk crap. Um, and I always just try to ignore those comments and I get way more love than than hate so like i just try to focus on the yeah, positive I, stuff that's a hard game to play uh, sometimes because like i read through the comments on that video because i was just curious and i'm like there are a lot of people being really mean on here <laughs> for like no reason yeah that's what it is and like yeah. <laughs> i i've gotten so many so much negative feedback on what i'm doing and like it gets to you sometimes but the best the best approach is oh, to yeah. just like not respond to anybody because they they want to get you worked up. They want to like get you to respond to them. And it's like, I'm just having fun with cars and posting videos online. And yes. like, if people want to lose their mind to it, let them, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, you, that video, I can't, you're getting yeah. close to like a million likes on it, aren't you? Yeah, it's at 1.3 million <laughs> likes. You probably, yeah. you probably yeah, have one crazy. of the most viewed third gen Tacoma videos on social media, right? Yeah, that, it's, it's been crazy. Yeah, like um, there are people um, at work that were like, hey, my like my buddy shared your video and like there are people um, at, at, at the hospital where I, I go and transport patients to sometimes they're like, dude, this is you? Like they'll show me like the video and like, this is you? Like that, you know, because I don't I don't go around saying like, oh, this this is my third, this is my Instagram, this is my Instagram. But now since that video is circulating Instagram, people are like, holy cow, I've seen that truck driving around town before. I've had people that message me and are like, I didn't know you were in Orlando. Like, you know, so it's cool. And there's actually a guy that's got a, a second gen long travel front and rear. And he's like, I've been looking for trails around here and people to go out with. So it's helped me network cool. too. Um, there's a couple other people. There's one guy that wants his truck built like mine that Sweet. I'm talking to. So it's been, Instagram has been like really good and and cool to you know like that sure. worked that way have you had and i don't know why that got I, I was saying I, I don't know why that video blew up the way it did i mean it looks really cool uh but i would have never imagined like 20 million views like that's freaking nuts dude like i think uh before that um i went out with my buddy ethan um he's got a ls swap single cab mm -hmm. ford ranger um, that he's got Ford Bronco suspension. So he's got the PTB and yep. like scissor arms on the front with huge coilovers. Um, and he's like coming in behind me and we're doing these like jumps and stuff. That one got like over 6 million views, which blew my mind. And I was like, that's insane. And then a few videos later, this one took off and I was like, how? So, you know, it's, it's luck of the draw, I think too. Um, like I think they're cool videos, but. I think sometimes Instagram just like puts you up on a pedestal randomly. And then you know how it is sometimes too. They'll, they'll yep. like nerf you. You know, you go and look at your insights on your post and you're like, 
600 of my followers yeah. saw this and I have, I have 30,000 followers. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? But that's the weird side of Instagram. But for the most part, it's been like oh, a yeah. huge blessing. Helped me yeah. network a lot. So. It's well, for people that want it, are thinking about doing it, it's well worth it. Like, you don't have, you, oh, yeah, you start don't have a big audience. Yeah, start so, like, make yeah. it worth it. I mean, no. you, you can network with a really small group of people. And it's, it's great. I mean, I'm really happy that I did it. I mean, I've got a little over 30,000 followers right now. I've lost about 1,000 since I parked my truck in a garage and have been working on it. Yeah. And it's tough. That's like my, my account is dead pretty much like the stuff that I have been posting. It doesn't get that, that, uh, engagement that the yeah. other stuff has partially because I think people think I died and, <laughs> and dropped off the face of the world. I've had a lot of, I've had people reach out to me yeah. and like, dude, where did you go? What's going on with your truck? It's coming. Don't worry. But, uh, yeah, if you, ha if you have some momentum, just run with it. Like, I, yeah, exactly. Like I'm trying to post as much as I can. And there was a time, like a dry spell, not as long as yours, but like for like a good, probably four or five months, the truck wasn't drivable. I had, um, I had like a little accident with it and it was getting fixed. And, um, uh, it was just, I, I had, I think at one point I was over 20,000. I had like 20.1 or 20.2 thousand. And it went all the way down to like 17.1. Like I lost like 3,000 yeah. followers, like a thousand followers a month um, just from being inactive. And, you know, I, I was just like, eh, yeah. whatever. I really didn't think it was that big a deal. And that's the other thing too. Like if you're starting, don't worry about the followers you lose. And like, sure, it's cool to have a ton of followers, but like I always try, I check it all the time. Like I, I look and see like what I'm getting, especially now if it's blowing up, but it doesn't like control my life or anything like that. And like, I know that it may go down and it may go up more, but you know, it's yeah. not something I focus on. I just enjoy sharing my truck, posting that, posting videos and doing stuff that not yeah, many exactly. other people do. So oh, and you have also built a truck now yeah. that is iconic. I mean, you, you have way more views than <laughs> I do on social media and it's, it's so cool. Like, I'm so happy for you. It's uh, I'm excited to see where that works. Yeah. Where thanks man. Cause the truck <laughs> so is cool. amazing. And yeah. So. Yeah. How did you start learning how to do all the fabrication stuff? Was it just like one project here, one project there, picking up the skills, picking up the tools? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, my buddy Ethan had um, like a flex core welder that he used for a couple of things. He built his own bumper. And um, I was looking at getting a cab mount. I had a, my buddy Drew did my cab mount shop um, and he did a really good job. Um, he, he knew how to weld. And then the time came, I ran 35s and I was like, damn, I got to do a cab mount relocation. And then that's where that labor comes in, right? It's like a thousand dollars for labor. And then, you know, you pay a couple hundred bucks for the relocation kit. And I was like, well, I'm just going to buy a welder and I'm going to learn how to do it myself. And that's the way a lot of my truck has been is like, you know, the cost of the tools and your time that you end up using is less than what it would be to pay somebody in total so it's better just to you know get your own impact gun and take your own lug nuts off yeah. like you know what i mean like that's biggest word of advice i have for people and it's like um invest in the time and the tools and you can do yeah. just about anything i mean it's not difficult to learn how to weld really like it is at first um and you got to learn the machine you have specifically like there isn't a one setting or or one size fits all for welders, you have to play and practice yeah. with your own stuff. Um, like you can't be like, Hey, um, you know, like it'll get you in the ballpark, but I can't say, ask you what settings you're running on your welder and then go and you tell me, and then I go and do that on my truck. It's not going to be the same. It may be close, but it won't be nice, you know? Um, but yeah, I got into it on my own truck. The first welds that I put on my truck nice. were for a cabinet relocation, which is like, it's crazy to think like, and they were not good, like at all, but they held. And I ended up actually redoing the, my cab mount relocation, um, okay. uh, like six months ago, I, I put DRT fab ones in there. I cut my old ones out. It was Alpine designs. And then, so now I have like really pretty welds on there now and it's way stronger. Um, but yeah, that's how it all started, which is, um, you know, getting quotes for a shop to do it and seeing how much it was. And then I was like, well, you know, 
buy the tools and do the work yourself, you actually end up saving money doing it that way. Again, also too, like, don't be like a monkey about it. Like, you know, don't just dive straight into it. Take the time to practice and do the research. And um, that's what I did is like YouTube and Instagram are huge resources. Um, Like I, I make, you know, everyone makes that joke, like YouTube certified mechanic, like, or YouTube certified welder or whatever. That's what I am. Like literally I learned through I'm like my welding tables right here that I'm using as like a desk, but like I practice on this thing for months. Um, and I still practice today. I, you know, I try to get those like perfect times and everything like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's never ending. You always learn. Um, and like I said, just doing that and practicing on my truck turned into the whole side business thing and, and all that. But it's been really satisfying to say like, you know, I, I welded on my own truck and I did most of the, again, I had my three buddies help me in the beginning. Um, and they laid the foundation for me and like gave me, they still help me to this day with stuff. Like, um, super thankful for them. And we call our little group like the Hoonigans. Uh, yeah, it's just so funny. Um, but anyways, yeah. So thankful for them and what they've taught me. And right. I owe a lot to them as well. Um, I'm not, I'm not like by any means self-made. Like I don't want anybody thinking that, like I taught myself some things, but I also, I learned a lot from friends. That's where I think like I worry the most is like having good mentors, whether they're friends or people that I've searched out that like can accelerate it faster because, you know, it's one thing if you're digging around mm-hmm. on your forum, you're, you're welding and it doesn't look right or whatever. There's so many variables that go into it not yeah. looking right. And you could just dig your forums and get lost in this hole, or you could have like your buddy is a welder come over and be like, oh yeah, just, you know, tweak this, tweak that. And then all of a sudden it just like cut yeah. out a bunch of time that's wasted. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what yeah. I'm, I'm doing with this podcast is like, I want people to learn directly from the people that are out there that doing the cool things, you know, the, the people behind the cool builds that we see on, see on Instagram. And right. Because like I met Donnie Herbert in a parking lot he was walking around my truck and started talking to him and, you know, offered a, a place in the shop and that, that went from like, you know, a complete stranger to a friend and a mentor in like a couple of months. And he convinced me, just cut your truck in half, <laughs> which I never would have done that if I was doing it yeah. at home. And, but having that confidence of someone else that has done it a bunch of times, it really, you know, gives you the confidence to go out and do these tasks. And, you know, part of this like car club thing that I'm putting together is I really want to build a group of like mentors, people like you who can teach others that are getting into it. Um, you know, share their stories, have tips and tricks. And like people can actually ask questions of the mentors that are part of our community. Um, because I think mm-hmm. it can get like, as a car enthusiast, it can get kind of lonely. You're just tucked into your garage all the time and you're just, you know, chinkering by yourself. Yeah. But, you know, my goal is to build a really thriving community of people that have a really wide knowledge base that, you know, you can become, you can build the car of your dreams faster and cheaper and make a bunch of friends doing it. And, you know, the mentorship thing, I don't see a lot of that in the car community in terms of like, it happens a lot in the business world and, you know, in a lot of different areas, but in the car world, there's no real places for people to access people and information like that other than just digging around on YouTube and forums. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like getting in contact with people like that, like, Dude, I, um, I, the, like when I was starting to build my truck, I would see other people with third gens and, or second gens that were long travel. And dude, I think I got maybe, you know, two out of 10 DMs back and some of it wasn't even that helpful. So that's definitely like, and that's another thing too. Like on my Instagram, I always reply, I reply to almost everything, um, that comes through, um, because you know, why, why withhold knowledge? Like, you know, it's try to grow the community and um yeah it's tough to get a hold of people on instagram some people don't check their dms or they don't just check their message requests and you miss a bunch of things um i reached out to i think Mm -hmm. even eric like that black yoda and a couple of times and never got a dm back from him and that would you know he has a lot of resources and it would have been cool to hear back from him um but you know just for as an example and like you know, um, so it's cool you're doing that because it kind of puts everybody in one spot and then people can come and get like real world answers and not like, 
you know, some BS, you know, or, you know, go yeah, check yeah. it out yourself. Not just like a generic answer to a question. Yeah. It's like kind of one-on-one. Yeah, exactly. Mentorship type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, I'm really excited about it. The podcast has been cool because I get to talk to a lot of really interesting people about all their different backgrounds and everyone has such a weird, like a, a broad range of backgrounds. Some people went into it professionally. Other people like you're a firefighter, right? Yeah. I mean, your background is yeah. automotive. Mine isn't either. I work in the oil and gas industry, but everyone has this one common thread of just loving cars. And I, I really want to foster that and tell stories of the people. That's the really interesting part for me is like, who's the person that actually built that, uh, you know, your truck. I, I talked where I talked to, um, Levi Shirley last week, who's a ultra four racer and got to talk to him about like, what, what is it like being a professional race car driver? How do you get into that? People want to be a race car driver. You know, what does that look like? Is it even possible? And, and, um, I don't know. It's, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this. I feel like I'm rambling, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun. No, no, it's yeah. Um, yeah. And what's next with the truck? So, um, like I said, I've got this, the secondary bypasses, the shock hoops, the double shear tabs, okay. the gussets for the frame. Um, and my stock steering rack is, is pretty much completely blown. Well, not completely, but it's going out. So I'm going to replace that with a stock rack and I got JD fabrication okay. has nylon bushings. Um, so I'm going to replace the stock bushings with nylon bushings, which are stronger than Delrin. And they don't apparently crack like Delrin does. Um, and this is info I was getting from JD Fab. I don't know anything about that stuff. Um, but uh, the goal is to just kind of beef that up. And unfortunately, and you'll run into this too with the truck, um, the steering, there's like almost no solution to it. Um, have you heard of like the second yep. gen Tundra racks that people are doing? Do they? Well, those fail too. So you pay, you know, you pay almost two grand just for the rack. And then you got to do, you know, you got to grind down the, the, um, part of the frame to fit it. And then you got to, um, the intermediate shaft needs to be shortened. And so like, you know, that's kind of a big deal to do that. Like, you know, cut your intermediate shaft and re-weld it. Like, I don't know that I really want to do that. I'm pretty confident in myself, but you know, like I have friends and my wife, rides in my truck all the time i'm like i don't want to be in there with her with like some jank like intermediate shaft that i built myself so i decided you know i just accepted the fact that that's just a wear and tear part that unfortunately sucks that i'm gonna have to be going through steering racks um but that's a big project too that i've got coming um i've got to pull that steering rack um and i actually have to take my steering rack out i have to take drop the diffs um, to pull it out. Cause I've got like a weld on bumper there and something on the way. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping that these nylon bushings hold up, but in the, some other little maintenance things, but that's the biggest thing coming up is gotcha. to finally finish the front. Um, and I'm going, I'm going with uh, locked off road, um, shocks all around. Um, and I actually got in contact with Riley, um, through Instagram. Um, and we got, that's another benefit I have in Instagram and, and the following that I have is that, you know, I was able to kind of work with him. Um, and you know, I got a discount, but I didn't get anything for free. Um, but I got some discounted parts from him. Um, and we're going through and kind of cool. R and Ding some of the stuff and seeing how it holds up. Cause like, I feel like, you know, a lot of people that do run his shocks. Um, there are a few people that do that run them that really wheel, but I'm, I think I'm one of the few that really thrashes the truck and, you know, I'm going to test those seals yep, and I'm totally going to test yep. that, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be put to the test. Um, so it's cool. He's doing that with me. And, um, so far it's, they're really good. Like I have the, his two and a half by 18 okay. triple bypasses in the back. Um, and dude, the, did it make a huge difference? It's crazy. It feels, ins- oh, it feels, it feels nuts. Like when you land in, in my truck, you're like, did we just land? You know, like it's yeah. so smooth and it's not even tuned yet. And I need to add more weight in the back. I'm going to make uh, a dual, uh, tire carrier. And, um, so I'm going to get two more wheels and I actually have six 
um, BF Goodrich KM threes, the thirty fives I found on Facebook Marketplace Sweet. that have like five thousand miles on them, and one of them or two of them are Scare. new. So I was like, perfect. Um, so I got all new tires. I'm gonna make the tire carrier. Um, that's the the main thing is gonna be the front end, and um, it's funny when I work on my truck, I don't take the time and I'm not as particular as I would be if I was working on a customer's truck and I really got to ground myself and, you know, not rush anything. And, you know, if I've got, you know, like a quarter inch gap or something like that on a tube, I'm going to try yep. to tighten that up and make it better. You know, like I, I'm going to try to do it the best I can. And, um, cause you know, I want to be able to take my truck to the trails. It's about an hour, hour and a half, um, to the trails from here, from where I live. Now I'm yeah, so what does the, the off-roading seem like in Florida? Yeah, like, yeah, so that's another thing people, I get that question all the time, like, um, per, or more so in a hate comment. It's like, why did you, why did you, why did you build that in Florida? Like, what is there in Florida? Well, there's more than people realize. Like, Ocala National Forest is one of the biggest ones, and they have these power line roads that have these natural sand whoops that go through them. And they're pretty serious. I mean, like, um, I'm going to try to make a YouTube video or like a reel of a regular Tacoma, like going through it. And then me just nice. like flying through and like 70 miles an hour. We're hitting like whoops that are, you know, easily like one to two feet, um, deep. And you're just like floating on top of them. I've got a few uh, videos and then there's this one, um, as far as like jumps, we don't have very many jumps or tabletops and stuff like that. There are a few. Um, but there's one kind of like famous one in Ocala I've got on my Instagram as well, um, where, you know, you can fly like freaking nice. 80 feet, um, like three to four feet off the ground, just like flying. Um, but really the Ocala national forest is like, I think the biggest scene, I don't know much else that's out there. There's more to explore. I know. Um, and definitely like I, I'm, I've been given the location to a bunch of people too. Like, like, oh, I have a, I have a Tacoma. I want to go out there. You know, it's public or, you know, it's a national forest. So, you know, anybody yeah. can go out there. It's not like private is that land the, that I'm on. Is uh, that the video you got? Like six actually, million views? Is that out there? Okay. Yeah, that's out there too. Um, yeah. So like those literal, like, yeah, huge, those were big, big, big. But that road is like a mile long of that stuff. Um, it's kind of tight in that particular spot, but there's other spots too where it's more open. Nice. So you can fit like two trucks in one. So there's lots of stuff out there. People, you know, you can really stretch the legs of a long travel truck in Florida. People don't, it's not flat. Like it's flat, but we have sand hills here, like especially in Ocala where, you know, it's literally looks, it's crazy. Um, it looks awesome. Like you can't even see over like, the road disappears nice. up there and you can't see what's over it. Like, you know, um, it's kind of like hidden cool. treasures kind of thing. Um, but yeah, um, it's actually been cool. Um, through that video, actually James, awesome. um, from Terra crew got a hold of me. Um, yeah. So he's, um, we're, we're trying to get our schedules are all crazy, but I'm trying to get us a, a phone call scheduled with him to try to grow like, dude, congrats. That's a big here. deal. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be cool. Um, hopefully, you know, talk, chat with him and see what we can do. Because I know that there are more people out there that want their truck long traveled or want to do that build that live in Florida or Georgia that like, they're like, well, there's nothing here, so I'm not going to do that. Well, hopefully when they see what I'm doing on my Instagram and then maybe through Terra Crew, like maybe shed some light on us down here, they'd be able to be like, whoa, you know, especially my buddy with his yeah. like LS swap long travel uh, Ranger, like that's a total California thing, but he's building it down here and he's thrashing the heck out of it. Like it's so sick. Um, and so with us down here, and there's a couple other people that are in the Southeast, um, that have pre runners too. Like, you know, it's, this is just the beginning and hopefully we can, we can grow that. So cool. that's yeah, the, uh, a little bit. I know that in the Midwest, like up in Michigan, doesn't seem like that'd be a place where a lot of people go, but there's like a big pre runner scene up there and it's all sand dunes and i mean very similar to what Dude. you're talking about as well it's not like it's it's not like hill con hill country and there's no yeah. mountains necessarily but there's like the features are enough that you can go and thrash a truck and have a lot of fun with it 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are some sick videos out there. I know they have a few events out there too. Um, yeah. So there's three, three of you guys that you, know that you cruise around with. Um, there's, yeah. Um, my buddy Ethan and then my buddy, um, Iman. Yeah. The three of us. Um, there's a, another guy, um, he's like LRD racing. He's got like a, um, a huge F-150 that he has late, um, and long travel and ADS shocks. Um, I don't know him as well, but, um, again, like another person that popped up that I didn't know about. Um, so, you know, hoping that just get to network more and no. meet more yeah, people totally. like me so that are down here. If you want right? to find your step, where should they go? Yeah. So my biggest outlet is Instagram. That's, that's my thing. Um, so mgm.yoda is my Instagram. Um, I'm pretty active on there. And if you shoot me a DM and ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. Like I said, I go through my DMs like every day. I, I look, I don't get crazy DMs. Like it's not every time I check, I have five, like maybe every other day I get like a DM or something like that, but I'll go in there and answer any questions you have. And if you're in the Florida area like that, and so. people want their truck built, built by Bruno is the business name, right? Yeah, so built by Bruno. Yeah, that's my um, business, um, and I'm located in Castleberry, Florida. Um, so it's kind of uh, just north of Orlando. It's easier for me to just say I'm from Orlando because people know where Orlando is, and like I'm 20 minutes from there. So if I say Castleberry, people are like, "What?" You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, built by Bruno. I'm on Facebook uh, and Instagram on there. Um, the following's not obviously as crazy because um, it's it's pretty fresh. And, um, I'm like terrible about posting on there. I need to be way better. Um, like I worked on a truck today and I, d I didn't even take pictures like, cause they pull in here and I just start working and I love doing it. And, um, I need to document more of the work I do. Um, so I need to be better about that. And, but yeah, built by Bruno. Um, yeah, just like my truck, awesome. I could build that for somebody easily. So not easy, it can be done. But totally. <laughs> possibly. Yes, it yeah, can right? be yeah. <laughs> What it's is, a, for the what right is your shop rate? How much do you charge? So, okay. so I'm around $100 an hour. Yep. Um, pretty, pretty reasonable. Um, especially like if you go to like dealerships even now are like close to $200 an hour. Um, but that's like dealer fee. But yeah, if you go to like a fabricator or anything like that, you're looking at almost like yeah. around 130 to 150 bucks an hour. Um, and I try to stay around the 100 um, and that's the other thing too. It's like, you know, I've been trying to stick and stick to that rate, but you know, I'm getting a lot better at what I do. Um, and one of the biggest pieces of advice I've gotten from people, even like small business owners is like, don't undercut yourself. Um, and you know, like you do a job that takes, you know, half an hour or 45 minutes that would have taken somebody else two hours, yep. you know, like charge that, you know, I stick to an hourly rate as a rough yeah. Um, like ideas, um, a rough ballpark, but sometimes I charge a little bit more for less time that I do as depending on what the sure. project is. It's certain little things, but, um, okay. that's my general rule of thumb is about a hundred dollars an hour. And, and like, I'm, I'm way under any shop around here. Um, and that's why I get a lot of business and, you know, I still get to make a decent amount of money. I mean, it's not crazy at all. Like I could, I wouldn't be able to support like support me and my wife and my house and bills on yeah. a, my little side business but you know it's still fun yeah. to have and maybe That's it'll really grow exciting. into something else and um, it's, so. it's cool to see where you're taking it and yeah. i mean you've blown up now and I'm, I'm really excited to see where that goes because i think there's a lot of opportunity for new things to happen and this thing with a like, terror crew could be really fun that sounds amazing yeah, I'm hoping so. I don't, I don't want to bug him too much. I'm going to, I actually, I'm going to reach back out to him and see if we can get a phone call scheduled up. But he was the one that offered. He's like, you know, um, maybe we could chat over the phone. Sweet. And um, I gave him my number. So hopefully something like that happens too. But, you know, it would have, that would have never happened if, you know, I didn't start an Instagram and, and that kind of thing. So biggest word of advice for people out there is, you know, start your Instagram. Doesn't matter if your truck stock or whatever. Because, you know, it could turn into something else. Just and document then, the journey and, and then, uh, have some fun. Say, Willie, thank exactly. you for being on the podcast. And anybody that's interested in joining the car club that I'm starting, it's called Webster Auto Collective. You know, we provide resources for people like Willie and I 
to help them build their dream cars faster and cheaper by partnering with mentors as well as I've partnered with a bunch of different automotive brands to provide discounts on parts and accessories. And I'm just really excited to grow this thing and see where I can take this as kind of the, the next leg of my journey as a car enthusiast. And uh, some told me this won't be the last time Bully and I will be talking on here. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one.